The food service and hospitality industries are evolving, often in ways you've never heard of, until now. Our host and technovator, Rob Grimes, is the leading voice of global food service and hospitality technology. Powered by the International Food and Beverage Technology Association, IFBTA, the Accelerate podcast is where technology and ideas are shared, served with a side of new innovation. Welcome to the Accelerate podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Accelerate podcast powered by the IFBTA. I'm Rob Grimes, your host, and this week I'm very excited to have a conversation with Felipe Hasselman, who is the Chief Executive Officer and President of Cuisine Solutions. And Felipe, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure. Well, the pleasure is ours because you represent a very interesting part of the industry. I'm betting something that most of our listeners probably don't think about all the time because as we think about technology, we don't necessarily think about the technology of food or food tech. And to get us started in the conversation, I just want to recap for a minute uh, two things. Uh, last week's episode where we talked about NAFM, uh, and then we'll get into a conversation with you about your perspective on this because you really do, as our listeners are going to find out, bring a different perspective. So last week, uh, I covered uh, going to NAFM. And NAFM, uh, which is an equipment show that happens every two years, um, but the key takeaways from that were the connected kitchens, and we learned that connected kitchens generally meant that there's a digital device on the front of the ovens or the, or the devices to work. We saw robotics there, and I also saw some new cooking methods. And it's not just about the equipment itself, but it's what you cook in them, and sometimes the food might lead the technology, and sometimes the technology perhaps leads the food. So one thing that I've learned as we talk about food tech is that that, in fact, is defined by different people different ways. As facts, there's a food tech conference out there. But what are they talking about? They're talking about the technology of food, how to produce food, where the food is coming from. But we also take a look at the technology behind the food. How does it get out in front of the customer? How do we prepare it? How do we store it? And I think somewhere there's a marriage in this. And somehow I believe that you probably hold the key to helping us to sort this. So again, welcome. And, and I'm just sort of curious, you know, if you were sitting next to somebody on a plane and they said to you, what do you do? What would you tell them that you do? I simplify my answer. I basically tell them that I work with food and I have a, a food manufacturing business. And then I wait for them to ask me an, a follow-up question. Okay. What's the follow-up question? Well, sometimes they ask me which kind of food. Sometimes they ask me what exactly, uh, where exactly I sell the products. Um, so, but when they ask me which kind of food, and then I get into the technology um, of our um, of our products, um, which, on my case, we with the largest sous vide company in the world. So we we do have uh, uh, a very um, unique process of cooking, which is called So you covered a number of different things there. So you said they might ask you about the technology or you might describe yourself as a technology. Do you think of yourselves as a uh, food tech company? Um, 
we primarily think of ourselves of a uh, a food innovation business. You know, I, I keep saying that we're not on the we're not on the food business per se. We are on the memory business. Every time I talk to someone like you, when we had our conversations offline, and you come back to me saying, I still remember last time I went to your office and the presentation and the food, and you described the texture, you described the taste. That's actually uh, the main goal we want to accomplish. We want to create memories uh, through food. And, um, and uh, that requires nowadays uh, a large amount of technology that comes from research on equipments and cooking. Okay, so you've taken us down a path, but before we head down this path, could you just explain, because I'm not going to assume that everybody knows what sous vide cooking is, and you've said you're the largest provider of it, uh, and it isn't anything new. I, I know it's been around, what, 30, 40, 50 years. I'm not sure, but could you just give us a definition and, and explain to our listeners what sous vide cooking is? In a very simplified way, um, sous vide is uh, uh, French for under vacuum. So it's basically cooking the product under vacuum, where uh, plastic, it's, the ba it's basically the skin that we create between the food and uh, the water. And we use the water, um, which is by far the best way for us to actually uh, transform the temperature into cooking on the product. Uh, one of the biggest advantages is that the product cooks uh, under a basically a vacuum pack and uh, all the moisture, all the liquid that you actually lose in a normal cooking actually gets back to the product, making it, uh, giving you a better taste. Um, the product is moisture uh, and it's higher quality. But nobody wants frozen food. You know, they don't want food that you're reconstituting, right? I mean, you must be losing something in the quality when you're doing that? Um, not necessarily. I, I, I used to hear in 2000, you know, um, people looking at sous vide and, and coming back and talking about, oh, I don't want to buy a frozen product in a plastic bag. But one thing that post-COVID has dramatically changed that, that you see a lot of people today um, that they really care about finding out where the product is coming from. They find that they're very um, careful about the safety and the quality of the product. Um, who assembled the product? Who put their hands on that product before I put that uh, food into my mouth? Um, social media, and they act, for me, those two factors going to walk um, um, together, social media and post-COVID. Um, you can see today that people are um, very much aware about um, food recalls. Um, that comes out in social media. And um, I, I have so many people that they text me trying to find out when they read something online uh, uh, and saying, is that safe? Um, can I eat that product? Um, so that kind of concern uh, kind of brought a different approach to products that are, you know, wrap it up in plastic or things like that. They actually see that today post-COVID as an additional layer of protection for what they're eating. 
Now, product being frozen or not, you do have today, and again, I was talking about 2000, but you do have today a number of different technologies that actually keep uh, uh, the quality of the product being frozen or not, uh, extended shelf life of products fully cooked or partially cooked. And uh, we feel very comfortable. I mean, when we make comparisons between even a chef cooking your product right away and us reheating your frozen item, um, you just, when you try the product, you just cannot say the difference. And a lot of that is a preparation, um, research, and of course, the equipment, the technology that you put behind. Are there any foods that can't be cooked sous vide? Um, mostly, uh, let's say, I would say pre-COVID baked items. Um, we, we did take some time during COVID and we took our chefs, we took R&D and culinary, and we start working on cooking products. Uh, again, technology comes to that, cooking products uh, with raw dough, and then you have a fully assembled sandwich, which you actually vacuum pack raw dough with a filling, and that filling could be uh, chicken, could be a chicken with sauce, could be pork, beef, raw, and we actually uh, uh, cook that sous vide, and the product comes out perfect, like you had just assembled a sandwich in your house. So a person, the person wouldn't really know the difference? No. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is, is a, a number of thoughts, and we've discussed this on the podcast before, that when technologies make it to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, um, generally the public is ready to accept them. And so sous vide cooking just before, uh, probably just in time, if you think about this, but just before COVID uh, was featured at 2020's, uh, is one of the key things, 2020 CES show. So you pointed out, of course, that during COVID, uh, people you know weren't going out, they weren't doing things, yet they still wanted to get their products. So I think that it came out just in time on the consumer side, but you've also pointed out that COVID has made people uh, very aware of uh, safe food safety. And, uh, and a, a number of areas like that. So certainly this is something that has helped this along. Um, but as we look at food quality from alternate methods, both of, of cooking, but you're not, you're not actually changing the, the, the food itself because if we think about plant-based foods, and we talk about this all the time that no one ever thought, you know, 10 years ago, they'd be, you know, having a Burger King Whopper that might be the same taste as a one made of beef, one made of plants. So they've changed their thinking. You're not really doing that. You're saying you can go ahead and have the products that you want, uh, that they all pretty much work. And then you had COVID behind you and then social media uh, got behind that. So the timing really set things up for people to accept a technology in food preparation uh, that has been around for decades, but to be, to be good enough for the home. Yes, yes. Um, let, let's just make sure we understand that sous vide, it's about time and temperature. And once you can master that, which we do, you, you, can, basically, you can basically do anything you want in a very safe environment and with the highest quality possible. Um, and we've seen that in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, when you have, uh, and because we're talking a lot about 
B2C, but when you look at the B2B side, uh, the, 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 the concern of, uh, of uh, safety, uh, along with the, the, the goal of increasing your average ticket sale, which most of the time when you bring a higher quality product and the consumer can understand that they would be willing to pay a little bit more, those changes start bringing more attention to, to sous vide. And um, if you take the ranking from the uh, National Restaurant Association about the top trends in food, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, they've been featuring sous vide since 2009, 2010 on the top 10. On the top um, 10, but that doesn't mean that everybody was accepting it. They may have seen abs- it as the future of food, right? Yes, you're right. So yeah, okay, so, accepting. so let's let's just explore this a little bit because I need to go back to how you actually started telling us about sort of where you saw your business, and I find this fascinating. You know, a few weeks ago we actually had some former executives at Disney on, and they would tell us, of course, it's about making the magic, but what it was really about, and of course, people also associate, I believe, it's making memories at Disney, and you use the words memory. You said you are creating memories and you were talking about the experience and then you talked about the texture and the taste. Now, we've had conversations that one of the things when in the second half of this program today, we start talking about what is really the future of food service and restaurants and and hospitality as it relates to all kinds of different things. One of the key points that people keep coming back to is, how am I going to get that experience? How am I going to get that taste? if these things change. And I just find it fascinating that that you actually started out, in your own words, uh, saying that for you and your company, it's about the memory, making a memory, the experience, texture, and taste. Uh, Who would have thought that that is coming from a food producer? Yes, we are in the memory business. And and it's, it's the most rewarding thing whenever you meet someone, and God knows we have met... (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people throughout those years that I have people that came, you know, met with us in 1999 and um, they came back 15 years later and said, I still remember my first uh, uh, tasting with with you guys and how wonderful that is. And they start describing the product and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, if you, again, once you you have a great experience and works on both ways, great or bad, but once you have actually a great experience, uh, it's very likely we'll never forget. And once it comes to food, uh, inspires you to actually search or to at one point share with friends, and and that's for us the most important thing. That's why we developed lamb shank with sauce with Costco in two thousand. And people calling us crazy about, are you crazy? Americans will never buy lamb shank. And we started with one pallet and we went all the way to being national with the product. And after 23 years, the product's still there. Today you have other competitors, different sauces, but the memory that you bring by having such a, a wonderful product that people do not feel comfortable of preparing at home by themselves, but they would love to plate and share with friends. And that product brings you a great amount of taste and texture. Um, that's, that's memory. That's something that you're going to create with your friends in your house. 
at your office or here uh, at, at, at our office. Well, I think you actually have also um, pointed out that, and I didn't ask you this, uh, but in reality, this new way, this new old way, the new old way of preparing food is not necessarily um, tied to one segment of food service or another. Because when I think of a lamb shank, I start thinking about fine dining, you know, a little bit upscale where I'm doing it. I'm also thinking about catering, uh, even upscale. And so I think you're also telling us that we, that the experience, the texture and the taste is good enough to perhaps duplicate some of the finest food, the finest chefs out there and be able to prepare their foods and offer them in places where they may not physically be with, with, with staff that may not be as fully trained. Yes. So, um, you're right, but you're kind of covering way too many things <laughs> in, in one sentence. Um, I, I would, I would say, um, a great part of that is social media and, and um, you know, um, how food has evolved since people start taking pictures and making comments uh, online. You know, everything that you prepare today, people start thinking about Instagram ready uh, products. Um, it, when you when you cook, you actually want to inspire people and impress people. And I'm talking about social media overall. And you can see people going to restaurants and taking pictures and so on and so forth. So, uh, from the consumer standpoint, um, they want to entertain, and most of them, perhaps not being foodies. Uh, they don't know how to cook the proteins, and that's where a fully cooked item with a high quality kind of help them on impressing, entertaining, and using social media, you know, to get as many likes as they want, and at the same time providing a great memory experience to friends. Now, when you go to the restaurant standpoint and you look at the overall labor situation today, and one thing that is very important to us that we have not mentioned yet, which is consistency. Um, I mean, if you if you go to a restaurant and you're a restaurant chain, for example, and you, you love an item on the menu, perhaps the next thing you're going to do is talk to a friend and say, man, you should go there and try that product is fantastic. I had it. I had a memorable experience. Um, and with the issues with labor today um, and having, let's say, way too many places, uh, one thing for sure, uh, no one is going to be able to keep standards for 365 days. You're probably going to have a bad day one day and a good day on the other day. Again, going back to social media, one bad day brings one bad experience, and sometimes millions of followers gonna going to see that. So uh, what we see today with uh, the, the products that we, that we prepared and with the social media, that bringing consistency at high level and quality uh, helps business and helps actually people to entertain and feel good about themselves. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and move into a new area in just a moment. Uh, but before we do, uh, let me just take a moment to remind people that uh, cool ideas, if you're like me and you're constantly seeking and exploring and feeding your passion uh, for new technology and innovation in even the food area, uh, which, by the way, is how uh, Felipe uh, ended up uh, coming on to this uh, 
came on to this in the first place because it was a cool idea, something that I saw. Uh, but I would ask our listeners that it doesn't really matter if it's work or if it's within our industries, your own personal use. If it's something that makes you say, wow, like, like it did when I went to do the tour, take a picture, a video, send a link, or just send me a note and pass it on to me directly at coolideas at robertgrimes.com so that we can all share and learn and explore together and start a conversation. And you might find its way into another episode of the Accelerate podcast. And speaking of Accelerate, I also remind you to subscribe, or if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions, please send us a note at Accelerate at FoodableTV.com. So let's go ahead and move into a different area, which is behind the scenes. So all of this uh, you know, doesn't just happen. And I talked about my experience at NAFM. And then, of course, I saw that you guys were set up at NAFM I, uh, to show how food could be prepared in the new kitchen. Is there anything that you see that we should be talking about as as way of uh, kitchens and kitchen equipment, not necessarily just for your area, but you see it all, um, that you think is just a really wow kind of thing as far as it relates to the future of the back of the house or the kitchen or the format? Um, first and foremost, uh, I, I truly believe that uh, equipments and technology, they are uh, becoming the, uh, the, uh, basically an extension of the food experience. Um, again, uh, for everything that we have discussed so far, um, we're going to keep going and moving into a direction of uh, you know, not preparing products uh, from from scratch, uh, but reheating, let's say, the, 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 the main protein on your plate, and then you can come and garnish whichever way we want. From the B2C standpoint, people at home, it makes easier because even if you're not a foodie, you can entertain and you know. And from the B2B standpoint, it's, uh, again, we know that most of the cross-contamination that comes from from uh, business uh, kitchens, it comes from uh, raw products. So uh, um, having as a principle that you you actually reheating products, um, I would say there's something that I like very much. And there are some equipments in the market today for that. And I, I keep playing with that in my house and here at the office. It's actually light waves. Uh, light light that, waves? Light, light waves. waves, yeah. Light right. So waves, what's that? Which, which, which is basically, I mean, we are very used to microwaves, and again, you put something over there, you push thirty seconds or three minutes, and you get a product that comes um, either a little bit drier or extremely hot. And whatever you put over there, I mean, microwave is something that you cannot control. Though. So when you turn that on, they literally go everywhere within the equipment. And they just, whatever they touch, they're going to reheat. Light waves, uh, on the contrary, you can actually direct the waves. And they come, of course, from lights. Uh, uh, and the beauty that I see with that is that you can actually have, uh, you can cook a steak with a uh, greens and potato. And you can have all three of them on the same plate. And you can actually have light waves acting into each product. 
and they're going to uh, uh, reheat those products to perfection. Is, is that because if they're all on the same plate within whatever this device that's doing it, are those devices uh, commercially available today? Yes, they are. There is, there is particularly one that is available. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I keep challenging my team here to actually turn that into a mass production equipment, which, again, in the future, I'm sure we will have some of those. Uh, but there are some retail products available. That's actually the one that I bought mm-hmm. to my house for trials. The one that I bought here to the company for, for, for the chefs to try it allows you to actually direct the reheating slash cooking of products. And, and it chooses, uh, again, you can drive the light waves so they don't go everywhere within the equipment. They go to the product, the, to the particular product that you're cooking. So that for me in the future, uh, I can see people more and more using that in, 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 um, in a way of uh, being able to cook a full meal as opposed to just turn on the microwave and reheat and dry whatever you put on the plate. Well, I think that first of all, boy, that's opening up a whole bunch of questions, a whole, <laughs> a whole bunch of cans of questions. But, but I'm just thinking about this for a minute. So does the device actually, either through a camera or through, I don't know what, actually on its own, recognize what is sitting on the plate and where, and then adjust each one individually? Yes. Okay. So the, the device, again, you have cameras and you have lights. Uh, um, and once you actually place the products in, you don't need to place a product on a particular space uh, uh, on, the t- on the tray. You just, you, you're actually going to have to, you have three different levels within the equipment. Depending on the product that you're cooking, uh, the, the equipment is going to tell you where to place the tray. Uh, and then you can pick and choose. You put the protein, you put the vegetables, you put whatever else you want to put on the plate, and um, and the product and the equipment's gonna cook uh, slash reheat the product uh, using the the light waves. Well, I think uh, I think what you're pointing out is something in the future as well because uh, it will probably replace the uh, microwave at the home. Um, I'm just thinking about old TV dinners. That, you know, I grew up on and, uh, you know, of course it was in a metal pan, so you couldn't possibly put that in a microwave, but I could see us taking a dish and just putting it in with the different items that people have chosen on it, uh, perhaps uh, sous vide items that they've chosen on it. And then it is able to recognize what's there, cook them perfectly. Um, and in a single time, a single timing and a single dish, which actually might, um, might change the way even restaurants and, and food service operations work that they'll plate everything all at once and then they'll just put it in and it'll cook each thing perfectly and then it all goes out hot and the whole assembly you know, factor is really actually just assembling the items on the plate but not necessarily going down the cooking line. Exactly. And you're right there. And, and the most important thing, again, let's go back to what I said at first memory business when you you could prep a plate today you could put on the microwave and put three minutes or two minutes and reheat so what's going to happen you're probably going to have a thick steak warm and ready to go and you're going to have the greens completely dry and burned and you're probably going to have a mashed potato uh uh 
not as dry as the greens, but dry <laughs> and, and very hot. Uh, but it's you, that's what you're used to today. Now take that same plate and you put on the, on the light waves, you're actually going to have that the dryness of the product is gone because the, the light waves actually going to balance the heat and timing until the, 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 the steak is actually ready to go and the, the vegetable is going to probably, uh, is going to get less uh, uh, heat and they're all going to come out perfectly uh, reheated. Well, let me let me just ask you this because, uh, oh boy, I mean, this could be a whole separate podcast on its own because once you can do that, uh, you can assemble things in vending machines and other ways and then cook them this way. And it's just a matter of putting the right things into the plate. Uh, so uh, I get that. Um, so you also travel a lot internationally and I know you just came back from a trip. Besides things like light waves, are there some things that other parts of the world are doing that you believe that we're going to uh, adopt and, and come into food service as well as part of the future of how we serve, how we prepare food in the in the food service industry? Uh, yes, uh, yes. I I just wanted to to close the loop on the on the on the light waves to say that you want to shed uh, some more light on it. I get that. Yeah, well, <laughs> on the subject. I, you know, it's just, it's just to say that there are already some chains in the U.S. that they actually eliminating microwaves. Uh, that they truly believe that does not does not translate into the quality that they want to give to their customers. So it, it is a trend that is already moving. Uh, and are they replacing that with uh, with uh, light waves? No, they're replacing with smart ovens. That allows them to do a, a huge amount of things that you cannot do with light uh, light waves. Um, but I just want to make sure that there, there is a, already a process in place that you see some large chains moving away from microwaves. Yeah, I would also point out that um, some might be listening to this and hearing what you say. And my thought goes to, well, wait a minute, I could go ahead and now just cook uh, restaurant prepared meals uh, at home. Uh, which certainly is a possibility. I personally look at that as uh, two things. I look at that as an opportunity to extend the reach of a hospitality, a food service operation uh, to being able, it's the next generation of delivery, so to speak, uh, or selling in the grocery. But also I'm confident that they're not going to screw up my reputation when they post the meal they cooked at home that came from my restaurant and they didn't do it right because the technology is going to be there to make sure it comes out perfect every time. Yes. Yes. And there are a lot of equipments out there doing um, exactly this. And so um, when we see when we see it at CES, then we know it's really coming down in cost, uh, both for the home as well as for the average independent restaurateur, not just for the big factories and the warehouses and the commissaries. Which is helping the business as well as the customer. Again, I go back to the post-COVID comments I made before. Um, people, they, they really concern about safety, um, but they also want to have the quality. And once you have that consistency across the board with a high quality product, you are giving a better experience to your customers and people are going to come back. So I think they all kind of, um, um, connected at the end of the day. And you know what? I, I was also thinking about the do good side of all this. Um, you know, we hear about, uh, you know, disasters going on like in Turkey right now, and there've been other ones. And then you see, uh, Jose Andres, uh, go over there and he sets up his kitchen and they're cooking 
And it, it just occurs to me that the new future of food, the way to handle it, to have it stored up, but have it be really quality, uh, nutritional, food safe, even in an unsafe environment, uh, that there's actually a solution here as well uh, that can be used for both sustainability, food insecurity, and then helping to do disaster, um, you know, uh, helping out in disasters. Um, personally, I, I, I don't like mentioning those things, but um, Jose Andres uh, and us, he's been, we've been together for a long time and we've, we've partnered in some of those uh, national disasters to help people, to help regions, to help products. And um, um, you're right, uh, products like ours with, I mean, year and a half of shelf life and, and, and the quality that we have uh, does help when it goes to regions like that. So um, Katrina, 9-11, uh, Houston, um, more recently Ukraine, we did supply a lot of products over there. We did donate a lot of products uh, to help people. And one of the things that Jose always told us, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to prepare, it's easier to, to plate, it's easier to keep. And uh, no, last time he called me and said, I need help, I'm going there, but I do not have the structure. And he got uh, three truckloads from us, which he, as he told me, after he served breakfast, lunch, and dinner for over 10,000 people for a few days. So you're right, it does help a lot. Um, having that kind of technology and uh, the product with a better shelf life. Well, Felipe, I, I want to thank you. You've opened up, boy, I'll tell you what, you've opened up a lot of questions, a lot of future conversation, I'm sure, uh, between our listeners, uh, a lot of interest in this area. I will tell you that that I'm now thinking another trip to go visit your, maybe I should visit <laughs> your home, right? Because I want to see what you're doing in your home uh, is in More order because <laughs> I think you're uh, you're really showing people the other side of this, it's not all about the front of the house. It's not all about the connected customer, although you just told us the customers are connecting on social media doing this. But but I think you've really opened up our eyes uh, to a number of areas. And, and just for me personally, um, I just want to say that I never thought we would start this uh, this podcast today having somebody in the food production back of the house business talking about memories, experience, texture, and taste. Yes, I guess I would have expected that. But we all play a part uh, in the experience. And then also, I'm going to be doing re my research in this because you you introduced a new technology I'd never heard of, light waves. And all I could think of is at the end of it, the future of the home consumer is basically lights, camera to look at the food, and then the action of cooking it. So lights, camera, and action. And uh, with that, uh, Felipe, I want to thank you for joining us today. And this podcast is brought to you by the International Food and Beverage Technology Association. The IFPTA is the industry's voice of technology within the food and beverage industries, providing thought leadership as your single impartial go-to resource. The IFPTA offers in-person and online communities to connect with your peers, the exchange and all-encompassing global technology director and an industry-wide professional education and certification program. Bottom line, the IFPTA is your place to gather, learn, and share. So thank you for joining us on this episode of Accelerate, powered by the IFPTA. I am Rob Grimes, your host, and I look forward to our next accelerated conversation together. <laughs>